What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brian Janu Show. As you know, I am Brian Janu, and like always, on all podcast platforms, everywhere is Brian Janu Show. YouTube channel, Brian Janu Show. Shout out to everybody that is a, you know, subscribe to the new, to my Brian Janu Show on YouTube channel, man. I appreciate all you guys, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for the comments from the last couple of clips I posted and videos I posted. Thank you all. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoy season nine. This is officially season nine now. Um, yeah, man, and uh, social media platforms, Brian Janu Show, TikTok, Instagram, Threads, Facebook, in, uh, Twitter, X, whatever the fuck they're calling that shit, Brian Janu Show, not, not, not on, on X, Twitter, whatever the fuck they're calling it, it's bjanu31, but I'll say this, if you type it in, you shall, you should see the background that I have right now on my Zoom uh, you should see the background, and that is how you know that's me. So, uh, well, I hope that's me, because I don't know how many motherfuckers got literally their, their face in the back of their fucking background on any of these social media play platforms, but you never fucking know. Uh, but until then, I uh, hope you guys enjoy this, and uh, let's get into it. So tonight, I'm doing Wrestling Life, man. Wrestling Life, season nine, first episode of Wrestling Life for season nine. Um, and tonight, I will be doing uh, my top ten nine, nine big four uh, pay-per-view matches. Like, so, if you know WWE, you know WWE has four annual pay-per-views that they have always run from the day it's been a, a company. Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. That is the big four. Well, tonight is about just the matches that are not of those pay-per-views. I've done those before, but this is the nine big four matches. Some of my favorite matches, and some of y'all probably favorite matches, have all came from pay-per-views that were not of the big four. So, like, Backlash, Armageddon, No Mercy. Uh, what's another one? That's another one. Hell in a Cell, TLC. All of the pay-per-views WWE has run fully loaded. Which remember when they used to do fully loaded? Oh, that's my shit. Uh, fully loaded. Um, King of the Ring. You know all of those pay-per-views from the from the past. Yeah, I sat down, watched a couple. Um, Judgment Day, stuff like that. Like, you know, stuff like that. So let's get into it. So this is my top ten of that, including because payback. Is on the horizon. Payback will be here September second. Think September second. Yeah, yeah. September second uh, will be Payback. WWE's Payback. Um, just a couple of matches have been announced, uh, and I will be doing a rate and review show for that as well. Uh, hopefully, by the time that comes around, I'll be in my new house and I have everything set up so I can watch it. Uh, if not, then I just watch it on my phone, and then I just do my Zoom, my rating review show right after that. So, let's get into it. So, like I said, this is the top 10 matches that are that are not of the big four. Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Let's get into it. Like I do always on my top 10, I go 10 to number 1. And I think I wrote something to make sure that I didn't mess this up. So, I put some matches down, put some matches up. <clears throat> So let's get into it. Uh, starting off at number 10 is one of those matches, man. One of those classic matches. Now, 
some people will say this match probably shouldn't be on my list. But again, it's my list. So I don't give a shit what you think. Anyway, coming at number 10 from the 1998. Yeah, 1998, King of the Ring. The Undertaker versus Mankind in the classic, infamous Hell in a Cell match. Now, I love the first Hell in a Cell match. Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, but let's be real. Undertaker beat the shit out of Shawn Michaels in that match. The second Hell in a Cell match is the infamous Hell in a Cell match between Undertaker and Mankind, Mick Foley. Uh, Mrs. Foley, baby boy. A lot of people probably won't remember this match because, well, what you remember of this match is Foley getting thrown off the cage, <laughs> getting up, getting on back on top of the cage, then getting choke slammed through the motherfucking cage. That's what you remember. If you actually watch the whole match, it's actually a long match. It actually is a really good match. I will say this, Mick Foley looked completely out of it after the second fucking fall. Like, he was out of it, out of it. But it doesn't deter me from saying this is actually a really good match. Um, it's actually better than what people will say. If you actually go back and watch it, yes, Mick Foley is 100% out of it. But the fact that he could even go at least another 10, 15 fucking minutes after getting thrown off the cage, not once but twice, one, oh, one literally off the fucking cage and one through the fucking cage to the mat. With a steel chair, which by the way knocked out his fucking teeth. Like this, like this dude was on one that night. It's actually a really good match, man. Um, I know a lot of people probably don't remember it uh, outside of the two fucking falls, but it's actually a really good match. A rest in peace to Terry Funk, who uh, passed away today. Um, who was also in his match. Taker kind of kicked his ass in this match. I hate to say it like that, but. He- um, but it's actually a really good match. And I think a lot of people, like I said, you probably don't remember it after the two falls. But if you actually go back and watch it, it's actually a really good fucking match. Um, but yeah. So, and the funniest part about all of this shit is, is, funniest shit about all of this is, Stone Cold and Kane was the main event. <laughs> yeah. Like, Stone Cold and Kane was literally right after this match. It was the first blood match. And... <laughs> It was the first blood match for for Stone Cold's title, and Mick Foley and Undertaker came out, and this is the match where Stone Cold was holding the steel chair, and he tried to hit I think Mick Foley, and Taker hit him, and that's when he started bleeding, and that was the first time Kane won the WWE Championship. Um, also about that match, Undertaker and Mick Foley and Mankind. McFoley, uh, Undertaker had a broken foot. He broke his foot like the week prior to the fucking match. So that when you see him jump off the cage and get in the ring and he kind of like, like stopped and like, like doing that, he broke his foot. <laughs> he broke his foot like a day, like a week before the match. So, or like a couple of days before the match. Like, so that's, that, that is crazy to also say, yeah, McFoley, Mankind was in some shit, but Undertaker broke his fucking foot and still did all that shit. So, Hey, man, kudos to that, man. Uh, but that's at number 10. Uh, 
At number nine, I moved. Yeah, I moved this down too. Coming in at number nine, also another Undertaker Hell in a Cell match. At number nine, it is the Undertaker versus the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar. Hell in a Cell, No Mercy, 2003 for the WWE Championship. I remember watching this match and loving this match. Brock Lesnar at this time in 2003 was a made fucking man. It's Brock fucking Lesnar. Let's be fucking real. He was a made fucking man. Anyway. It's crazy to think that when he beat The Rock at SummerSlam 2002, that his real first rival was The Undertaker. <laughs> his real first rival was The Undertaker. And they fought. Man, they fought. I think they had a, a, a bike chain match and all of this shit. But this was the match where uh, Brock Lesnar pretty much did to Cody Rhodes what he did to Undertaker. He did to Cody Rhodes what he did to The Undertaker literally almost... 20 fucking years ago. He grabbed the poor paint. The Undertaker was chasing after Matt, uh, Matt Hardy backstage to like bring him into a trap for Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar then uh, took a propane tank and slammed it over the Undertaker's hand and broke the Undertaker's hand. So the whole match was centered around the Undertaker having a cast on. But before the match was even, before it was a hell of a cell, like before the match, Paul Heyman and Brock tried to pretty much t get. Uh, Stephanie McMahon, who was the general manager of SmackDown at the time, they tried to get her to get Undertaker to take his cast off, to take his cast off, so he didn't go in with an advantage. Because every time him and Brock would fight with Undertaker at the cast on, he'll bust Brock, he'll bust, he'll bust Brock Lesnar open. So that was the whole narrative of the match. It was like Undertaker's got this unfair advantage, but yet Brock Lesnar broke his fucking hand. It's Brock Lesnar's fault that he's even got a cast on his hand. But the match, all in all, is actually really fucking good. Paul Hammond gets busted up in his match. He got his ass whooped through the cage. <laughs> but Brock Lesnar and Taker went at it. Um, one of my favorite Hell in a Cell matches ever. Um, a lot of people, I know a lot of people would say more so their, their uh, Hell in a Cell match a couple years ago when they fought uh, a couple years back. It was like the last time they actually really fought in that uh, trilogy between them two. Uh, you know, Brock beat him at WrestleMania 30. Taker came back, fought him at SummerSlam. Then they fought in Hell in a Cell. So a lot of people would say, you know, you know that match was the more they love. But this is my favorite match, I think, because it did Brock won, which pro proved that Brock was a super fucking star. So, yeah, I'll say that that is one of my favorite matches. So Brock Lesnar, and that might be the only, to me, that might be the only good match that motherfuckers ever had. Like, I don't really, like, Ain't that many great Undertaker Brock Lesnar matches like that, but this was a that was that was one of my favorite Brock Lesnar Undertaker matches definitely. Um, and that's at number nine. At number eight, like I said, I moved some shit up. So at number eight, it is John Cena versus Edge versus Randy Orton versus Shawn Michaels at Backlash, two thousand and I want to say seven. I think it is seven. I think it was right after WrestleMania. So 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, I got to think. Hey, man, I'm, I'm doing this shit off the top of the dome. I got to remember this shit. 
Um, 2007, I think. Um, yeah, because John Cena beat Edge at Wrestling at Royal Rumble 2006. He fought Umaga in 2007 at at the Royal Rumble, and then he fought Sean at WrestleMania that year. And then he fought, yeah, he fought all of them. Yeah, so it was backlash 2007 for the WWE Championship, a fatal four way for the WWE Championship. Um, this is exactly what you think of a match of all four of these caliber of stars. Fucking incredible. I mean, watching it um, doesn't give it justice. I mean, listen, John Cena and Shawn Michaels had an incredible WrestleMania 23. They had an even better match on Monday Night Raw before this fucking pit, this match. But Edge and Randy Orton, by the way, was in rated RKO at this time. It was just starting to break up from, like, it was just starting to break up a little bit. But this match was incredible. And that's actually the finish that everybody remembers if you look on social media. It's the finish. This is the match that had that finish where I think Randy Orton was trying to RKO John Cena. He threw him into Edge. Edge speared him. John Cena then, uh, yeah, John Cena then uh, uh, F-U'd Edge. Yeah, he F-U'd Edge. Uh, Randy Orton was rolled out the ring. He F-U'd Edge. And then Shawn Michaels, sweet chin music, John Cena, and he fell on top of Edge. <laughs> and then he fell on top of Edge. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, something like that. Edge, yeah, Edge was trying. Some, I, I think he did. How the fuck he, because I think he pinned Randy. I think he pinned Randy Orton. I got to go back and really look at that. But the ending was Shawn Michaels kicked John Cena, sweet chin music, John Cena. And he fell on top of the dude. And then the ref was like, oh, shit. And he like, and he like one, two, three. And Shawn Mike, and everybody's like, wait, who won? Who, who won? And John Cena, the music played. And everybody's like, oh, it was it, that. That's the match. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Edge, I think Edge speared Randy Orton. Because I don't think Randy Orton caught him in that RKO. I think John Cena pushed Randy Orton off of him. Edge speared him. John Cena FU'd him. Oh, that's what happened. So, Randy Orton was trying to RKO John Cena. John Cena pushed him. Ed speared him. Ed tried to spear uh, John Cena. He caught him. FU'd him. Ed fell out the ring. That, because Randy Orton was still in the ring. Because he did pin Randy Orton. But he didn't, but he, but Ed speared Randy already. So, Randy Orton was still in the ring. He FU Edge. Ed fell out the ring. Shawn Michaels then switched chin music him. And he just landed on Randy Orton and pinned him. Yeah. But all in all, this match, this match is actually really fucking good. If you actually go watch it, it's one of the best Fatal Four four ways that they've had for a title in, like, some years. So, definitely one of my favorite matches, man. Um, Coming in at number seven on this list. It's good old Hell in a Cell. At Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, it is the trilogy between the American Nightmare versus the visionary Seth freaking Rollins. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins comes in at number seven. Hell in a Cell, the classic torn peck match, man. I think my TV kept going out around this time, but I remember watching it, man, um, after it and being completely and utterly 
amazed by how Cody actually fought this fucking match. This is one of the rare few times where, yeah, somebody said they have an injury, but you actually saw it. You couldn't fake this. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Bianca Belair faked the leg injury at SummerSlam, right? Okay. He couldn't fake this shit. This shit was there. You saw how bad his arm, his peck, everything looked. It was bruised. It was God almighty. And he went out there with one of the best wrestlers in the building. And now, to hear that Seth Rollins has a broken back makes this even crazier of a match. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. The trilogy was great. WrestleMania was awesome. Backlash was cool. But this was different. This was a different caliber of, of legend. If Cody didn't get injured, if Cody didn't get injured, I, sh- I really would have to think about how WrestleMania 39 would have went. If Cody never got injured, does Roman walk out of WrestleMania 39 as champion? Does he? Seth putting over Cody in this match was, was incredible. Seth literally lost to Cody Rhodes three times. Three consecutive pay-per-views, he lost to him. Which is why I continue to say he's the best wrestler in the world. Because he still bounced back and he still found a way to be the guy. What a broken fucking back. All in all, man, this match was incredible. I mean, from the point where Cody takes off the jacket and you can literally hear silence, you can hear silence, like, holy shit, like, you can, you can tell, like, people are like, oh, my, what the fuck is, what are we about to watch, like, this is bad, nobody's ever seen that shit before, and they went out there and had a classic, man, Cody pulls out the cowbells, all that shit, man, that was, that was the, one of the best matches I've seen. In years, you saw why Twitter, everybody on social media was going crazy after this match because not only did Cody go out there and put on a performance, he put on a hell of a performance. And Seth Rollins doing what he does, those two men in the ring, and I can't wait for when they they've been teasing it, but when it does happen again, it's going to be an incredible matchup, and I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it. Coming in at number six on the list. I know people are going to listen to this and think I really must love Hell in a Cell. <laughs> and listen, I kind of do. Some of the best matches in WWE, when they don't try hard at it, when they don't try so hard, Hell in a Cell matches are just the easiest matches to make. Go in a cage, lock it, nobody can get out. Beat the living shit out of each other. You can use weapons, whatever the fuck is at your disposal. Beat the shit out of each other. Do it. I love the Armageddon Hell in a Cell match when it was Kurt Angle versus Rikishi, Undertaker, Triple H, Rock, Stone Cold. 
I love that fucking match. I loved, you know, the Hell in a Cell with um, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. I loved uh, the Randy Orton Drew McIntyre one. There's been too many great Hell in a Cell matches that people continue to act like the Hell in a Cell suck and it doesn't make any sense. No. What doesn't make any sense of it is when they try to, like, make it too complicated. Just do the shit. The Edge and Seth Rollins one, which I could have put it on here. Excuse me. I could have put it on here, which was actually really a good fucking hell of a sound match if I actually now think about it. But I didn't. But at number six, so a lot of people, this should probably be in the top ten. This should, be, this should definitely be in the top ten. It should probably even be in the top five. Because this is the match that really started the greatest storyline in WWE history. At number six, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso for the uh, Universal Championship. Hell in a Cell 2020. I'm not even going to act like this match was not good. This shit was incredible. The first time a Hell in a Cell match which is already a stipulation, got an additional stipulation. People get that shit. The match is already a stipulation. They added an additional stipulation to a Hell in a Cell match. That is the craziest shit I've ever heard. And it didn't fucking disappoint. Roman versus Jay. Hell in a Cell 2020. Is literally the beginning of the bloodline. I know people are gonna say Night of Champions was really the beginning of the bloodline. No, it wasn't. It was the beginning of Roman Reigns being a tribal chief. This is the match that made the bloodline. Because Roman made Jay fall in line after this match. Or he was out of the family. Go back and watch it. It's crazy to fucking think also that this actually started the fucking pay-per-view. <laughs> now going back and thinking about it in 2020, three years later, like, this match started Hell in a Cell 2020. You think of bullshitting, don't you? Go back and watch it. The fucking match that ended the night, I think it was Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, go back and watch. Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre ended this Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Roman and Jay started it. Anyway, <laughs> Roman and Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso for the Universal Championship is the match that really started the bloodline. It made Roman officially the Tribal Chief. It made that a real thing, but it also made the bloodline a thing because Jey Uso, after this match, had to fall in line. And if he didn't, he was kicked out of the family. I know people say not a champions. Not a champion is just cousin versus cousin. Yeah, it was kind of like a tribal chief thing, but it wasn't really like this match. This match was officially the beginning of the bloodline. 
And I know a lot of people will say, no, it wasn't. Yes, it fucking was. It was the beginning of the bloodline because this is when they finally brought Jay Uso, real, Jimmy Uso, really into the fold, even though he was dealing with a torn, uh, I think a torn ACL at the time. But this was the match. And they beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> they beat the shit out of each other in this match. Like I said, it was the first time it was an I quit Hell in a Cell match. Like, you, have, I have never seen that shit before. Nobody had. And the fact that that was the opening fucking match of Hell in a Cell 2020. And now looking at this storyline, three years fucking later, it is literally the greatest thing. But this, this was the match. That made the Bloodline storyline. And if you remember what happened, what is the one thing that we keep screaming about? Every time Jay fights Roman, Jimmy causes him the match. He cost the match at Night of Champions. He cost him the match in this match. How? Came out trying to help his brother, trying to talk Roman down off the ledge, and ended up in a goddamn guillotine for it. <laughs> Hit up in a goddamn guillotine. And he's choking his ass out. <laughs> and just like, I quit! I quit! I quit! Just let him go! Let him go! But this was the match that started the Bloodline storyline. Now, like I said, a lot of people say, how the fuck is that not in the top five? As great as this match was, we didn't know what that storyline was about to be. Now that I do, okay, maybe I should, but at that time, Yes, it was a great match, and Jay showed the fuck out, and that was really when he became main event Jay Uso. It wasn't when Roman put the damn name on him. He became main event Jay Uso in that match because he just would not quit. Roman would beat his ass from pillar to post, and he just did not quit. The first time he laid his hand on his brother, he quit. But that is that. It just missed the top five. Shit. Y'all probably hate this list already. Um, anyway, <laughs> starting off the top five, it's Kevin Owens versus John Cena at Elimination Chamber. Yeah, it's going to be fun. The first time Fight Owens Fight was ever on the main roster of WWE. This is the first time you actually saw NXT get put in the light of WWE. Think about it. You ain't heard NXT or WWE program like that. Kevin Owens bought the NXT Championship. On the main roster. Got in the ring. And challenged John Cena. To a match. And this match was fucking incredible. Best match of the Elimination Chamber. Best fucking match. By fucking far. These two. Have amazing chemistry. Like, if you actually watched them two fight before, them dudes got amazing fucking chemistry. But this is the first time John Cena and Kevin Owens ever fought each other. And you could tell they were great at this shit together. Like, they were amazing. 
the match was pretty much centered around Kevin Owens being new to WWE, but not new to wrestling, pretty much. And John Cena is John Cena. Who the, f- who the fuck knew is going to beat John Cena? I don't give a shit if you've been wrestling for 20 years. You ain't never fought John Cena. And that's kind of what this was all built around, right? So the match happens, and it's one of the best fucking matches. People can say whatever the fuck y'all want to say about John Cena, man. But when he got old, like when he got closer to the end of his last full long term run with WWE, some of his best fucking matches. Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, uh Seth Rollins, like his best matches came when he was getting closer and closer to the end of his long like, full-time WWE, you know, job. And this was one of the best, man. Kevin Owens and him went at it, and at the end of the fucking match, if you don't remember, John Cena goes for, he's, you know, clotheslining the shit out of uh, Kevin Owens, right? Making him feel it. And then he, Kevin Owens ducked, and whoop, boom, pop up, bow, bomb. He hit him once earlier, kicked out. The second time, he caught his ass, boom. One, two, three, and everybody was like, what the fuck? If you didn't know who Kevin Owens was because you didn't watch NXT, you were shocked that John Cena lost to this, this guy. That Who the fuck is this guy? But if you watched NXT, you knew. Holy shit. Kevin Owens, the NXT champion, just not, not just beat the U.S. champion, but he beat a at the time, a 15-time WWE champion, John Cena, in his first official main roster match, he beat him. Yeah. It made sense a year later when he fucking won the Universal Championship. <laughs> Which, by the way, he needs to get another title run. Like, God damn it, man. Like, y'all can get this man a fucking title run. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <sighs> Good God. Shit. WWE, man. What the fuck can I say? Anyway. These next three matches wasn't really hard. The four matches, not that hard either. Because coming in at number four. It is Seth freaking Rollins versus Roman Reigns. Money in the Bank 2016. <sighs> Kevin Owens, John Cena, it was 2015. Seth Rollins, versus Roman, Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, 2016. Money in the Bank. This is the night that everybody remembers. Well, all three members of the Shield held the fucking title. <laughs> And by the way, all three members of the Shield, two members, all three members of the Shield were involved in a title change in hands. Roman was the champion at the time. Couldn't get over to save his fucking life. (laughs) Versus a returning Seth Rollins from a torn ACL, MCL, told some other shit. (laughs) Like, and he comes back from that. And this is his first match back. 
And it's actually a really good fucking match. Despite what people want to say, Roman's second title run with the title, because he had his first one, and then he lost the title to Triple H in the Royal Rumble, which didn't make any fucking sense. Well, no. That's his third one, because the first one, he beat Dean Ambrose at Survivor Series, then lost it that night to Sheamus. He beat Sheamus on, like, the, the week before Christmas. That was his second title run. Then he lost that against Triple H. So by the third, so this is his third title run with the WWE Championship. And the fans didn't give a shit. So, <laughs> and he had like two classics with AJ Styles at back-to-back pay-per-views. And then Seth comes back. And they have a classic at Money in the Bank 2016. And this is the first match Seth had since tearing his ACL MCL. It's a fucking classic match, man. It's fucking good. Um, I was watching that shit, like, yesterday. The ending is so fucking good. Like, Roman is, like, Roman's running around the ring. He sees Seth get out the ring, and he's, like, looking like, what the fuck, bro? And he runs around the ring, jogging, and then he just takes off. And then he set ducks, and Roman hit the fuck out the barricade. And he's just, he's just out. He's just fucking out. Seth throws back in the ring. And then they hit the ref. You know, they got to do the U-team, the routine ref buck. Roman hits the ropes. Spears set, set kicks out, and then Roman tries to go for another spear, and this is what set caught Roman and put his ass in a pedigree, and he tries to pin him. Roman kicked out, but Roman's already out of it. There's no way in hell he could survive a second pedigree in a row. Set grabs him, pedigree one two three. Vegas goes crazy. Set is not a champion, and soon as he's celebrating, hitting his knee like I'm back, I'm back. Dean Ambrose music hits. <laughs> Dean Ambrose music hits. Sets like in the ring. Like, come on. Come on. He turns around and Dean Ambrose hits his ass with the briefcase. <laughs> Takes the belt. Beats him. And Dean Ambrose walks out of WWE. <laughs> but it's really a good fucking match, man. They go on to fight at uh, Battleground. This was, the, this was the 2016 draft, by the way. When they split everything up, set uh, Shane and Daniel Bryan became SmackDown. Stephanie and Mick Foley was Raw, and they split everything up. Yeah, but this was the best. This was the best, and that was the only time, by the way, that the Shield ever fought each other. Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns was at that battleground, 2016. Dean Ambrose won, kept the title. Um, so yeah, coming in at number three. Speaking of money in the bank, coming in at number three, <laughs> you know I had to put this match on here. Come on. 2011, money in the bank. It is the match of all matches. CM Punk versus John Cena for the WWE Championship. We already know the story. If you don't know the story, this was the match where CM Punk told everybody, I am going to beat John Cena. And then I'm going to walk out of WWE with the WWE Championship. That was the storyline. If CM Punk, it can CM Punk beat John Cena. And if he does, will he actually walk out of WWE with the WWE Championship? Well, he did. It was in Chicago, Illinois, his hometown. And if you, John Cena has been in some fucked up situations in WWE's history. 
the night, uh, the one night stand match with him and Rob Van Dam when he had to go through all that bullshit in ECW, and then this fucking hostile fucking crowd in Chicago when he had to fight Edge at TLC for the fucking WWE Championship in Toronto, like dude, so many fucked up situations. Anyway, CM Punk versus John Cena, it's a classic. If you've never seen this match, I don't know what to tell you. It's a fucking classic, man. It's one of those matches where you just, you don't know who's going to win. And this was the beginning of the Summer of Punk, which still uh, baffles me that it's actually not as good as everybody remembers. But this was the match that was supposed to catapult that. And it it just never fucking hit. It never hit. Anyway, we all know the results. CM Punk hits John Cena to go to sleep after John Cena pretty much knocks John, uh, John Laurinaitis the fuck out for trying to, like, pull a Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels pretty much tell Vince tried to tell John Laurinaitis, go ring the bell to the ref, ring keeper to ring the bell, get it over, like, because John Cena had him in an STF, STFU, excuse me. And John Cena sees John Laurinaitis running over to the ring, to the bell, keep, and clocked him. Get back in the ring, and CM Punk catches him, puts him in the sleep. One, two, three, and then Vince is like, oh, my God. Uh, tell a brother that real, get his ass out of here now. Tell him, get out of here now. Get him out of here now. Runs to the ring and gets clocked with a roundhouse kick. Tim Punk looked at Vince. <laughs> like, he looked at Vince like, with the title. He's like, uh-uh. Gets out the ring and just runs up the stairs. <laughs> ah, shit. That match is incredible, man. It's actually a really good fucking match. I know a lot of people overhype it because a lot of people love CM Punk. But it's actually a really good fucking match. They always had really good matches. John Cena and CM Punk have always had really good matches. That Monday Night Raw uh, match, um, which was technically the last time they ever fought each other, uh, uh, when John Cena won the uh, Royal Rumble in 2013, and he was about to fight The Rock again. Man. That that might be my favorite John Cena CM Punk match, but this is damn sure second. This is damn sure second. Coming in at number two on this list, and No Way Out, two thousand. Remember when I said I really love Hell in a Cell matches? They've always had some really great classic Hell in a Cell matches, and people just don't remember them. This was the third Hell in a Cell match ever. Well, no, because they had one at WrestleMania 15. Undertaker, Big Boss Man. Yeah. No. Third. Yeah, no, this is the fourth. Yeah, because they had a WrestleMania 15. They had the Undertaker versus Big Boss Man at WrestleMania. Holy shit. WrestleMania, so WrestleMania 15 was in 1999. Yeah. So this is actually the four Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, goddamn. It really is the four Hell in a Cell match. The four Hell in a Cell match. You said I had to, like, recorrect this. I'm like, wait a minute. They had one before that. They had one at WrestleMania 15. Because I'm like, I know how to take a far big, big boss man at WrestleMania in the Hell in a Cell match. And it was fought at WrestleMania 15. So, yeah. So Sean and Taker fought in 1997. First time in the cell match, 98 was Foley and, and Undertaker. 
99 was Undertaker and Boss Man. Yeah, Undertaker was in three Hell in a Cell matches. The first three Hell in a Cell matches, and then Mick Foley took over. And Triple H. So, yeah, so this is the fourth Hell in a Cell match ever. And it was Triple H versus Cactus Jack. No Way Out 2000 for the WWE. This is one of my favorite Hell in a Cell matches ever. Bar none. I love Edge's set. I love Kevin Owens' set. I loved Roman and Jay. I loved Cody and, and set. I loved, um, like I said, the Armageddon one. I loved I loved a lot of Hell in a Cell matches. Undertaker and Sean. Undertaker and McFoley, of course. But nobody, no one has topped this one to me. I love Undertaker and Edge, but none of them have ever topped this one. Triple H versus Cactus Jack, No Way Out 2000. If you watch that match at Royal Rumble 2000, you would think there's no way in hell that they could top this. They could top that match, that street fight, that fucking match? No way in hell. They could top that. Not only did they top it, it was the best fucking match. To be honest with you, if they didn't fuck up WrestleMania 16 and made it a elimination fatal four-way, whatever the fuck that was supposed to be, if they didn't do that shit, this would have been the perfect send-off for Captain Jack until the Randy Arden and the Ed shit. But this was the best one. They beat the shit out of each other. Uh, Triple H, uh, Mick Foley, uh, Captain Jack told Triple H, hey, man, I'm going to the top of the cell. And I'm going to jump off of it on top of you. <laughs> he told Triple H, I'm going to climb the hell in the cell. I'm going to jump off of it on top of you. I guess, I guess, it's like, what? This was one of the best matches, man. They beat the living hell out of each other. Everybody remembers the spot where Triple H actually backdrops. Uh, Mick Foley lights the fucking two-by-four a ball wire on fire. He lights it on fire. And then he's trying to light, you know, uh, DDT Triple H on the ball wire. No, he's trying to power drive him on the ball wire. The 2 by 4 ball wire that's literally on fire. And Triple H backdrops him. And he falls through the damn cell. He falls through the cell. And this is something that didn't happen in the Undertaker one. The fucking cell imploded. Like the, the fucking ring was a big ass dent in it. Like he literally could have went. He pretty much went through the fucking ring. He was just sitting there like this. He's <laughs> just sitting in the fucking hole, just sitting in the damn ring. Like, just looking at Triple H. And Triple H is on top of the cell, like, oh. I think I think he's done. And then he starts seeing, then he starts seeing McFoley move. And he was like, ah, oh, shit. He gets down, he gets in the ring. And then he, like, okay. And then he, like, got, like, nudges McFoley, like, nudges him, see if he's still breathing, see if he's still moving. McFoley starts moving. He's like, ah, oh, shit. And this is the first, and then he gets him out the hole, and then he pedigrees him 
One, two, three. It's one of the best matches, though. Like, if you go watch this shit, you will be thoroughly entertained by how great that shit was. Like I said, the Royal Rumble match is incredible. This match topped it to me. And I think it's one of the best matches they've ever had. Mick Foley and Triple H have always had great matches. They've always found a way. But this was the best match. Like I said, I think if Mick Foley was to retire right after this match like he was supposed to, I wouldn't have been mad at that. I wouldn't have been mad at that. Coming in, though. Number one, just missing number one. Oh, so close. But coming in at number one. Also had no way out. But six years later. It is. The wrestling machine. Kurt Angle. Versus the dead man. The Undertaker. For the World Heavyweight Championship, No Way Out 2006. I could watch this match forever. There's very few times where I've seen a match numerous times. I know the outcome, but I don't give a fuck. This was the best match Undertaker could have asked for. In 2006. This should have been the, the WrestleMania main event. You don't fuck with nobody say. I know I know. Taker went to Kurt Angle and told him. I want you to break my, my streak. This was around the time that Undertaker started like feeling like. Okay we need to kind of get this streak over with. And I wish they would have actually made that a reality. And it should have happened. But. This is the best match. Both men got their offense in. Both men proved that they're both the best at their craft. But more importantly, this was not like your usual, like, I'm going to take the cheat way out type of match. There's times where Undertaker stops the ref's count because he wants to beat Kurt Angle in the ring. There's times where Kurt Angle literally, you know, uh, uh, Angle slam Triple A, uh, Angle slam Undertaker through a fucking announce table. He gets in the ring. The ref is about to hit. You know, it was like eight, nine, and Kurt Angle grabbed the ref and was like, no, you are not about to count him out. I'm about to, I'm going to pin him in this ring. You are not about to count him out. You get out the ring and get the Undertaker back in the ring, and they go at it for at least another 10, 15 minutes. It's the best fucking match I've ever fucking seen from two men that just can just go in the ring. There's a lot of great matches, but to me, this is the best one. And here's how crazy this is. Kurt Angle beats The Undertaker. Barely. Like, <laughs> Taker's got him in the fucking triangle choke. And, like, Kurt Angle's about to pass the fuck out. And he just, like, you know how the ref do it. One, two, and if you drop it a third time, it's over. Well, he did that. And Kurt, like, uh-uh. And, like, flipped and just pinned The Undertaker. Kurt and Undertaker literally is like, what the fuck? And the ref is like, I, I, he, he won, he won. And he got out the right. And Undertaker grabbed Kurt Angle and was like, listen, this ain't over. This is not over. I got your number. I know I know how to beat you. I know I can beat you. I wish this would have happened at WrestleMania 22. 
Undertaker has said he sh- this shit should have happened at WrestleMania 22. Kurt Angle has said this should have happened at WrestleMania 22. It would have, if this would have happened at WrestleMania 22, it would have been the best match. And that would have created the string of Undertaker of uh, WrestleMania streaks, where he could just go in the ring and just wrestle. But yeah. And I would advise anybody to go watch that match. It's on YouTube. You ain't got to go pay nowhere. It's on YouTube. Type up Kurt Angle versus Undertaker. It should pop up immediately and watch it. I'm telling you, it is one of the best fucking matches you will ever see. So that is that number one. So let me recap this. Uh, number one is Kurt Angle versus Undertaker. No Way Out 2006 for the World Heavyweight Championship. Number two is Triple H versus Captain Jack for the WWE Championship and No Way Out 2000. Number three is CM Punk versus John Cena for the WWE Championship Money in the Bank 2011. Number four was Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship uh, and Money in the Bank 2016. Number five is Kevin Owens versus John Cena at Elimination Chamber uh, 2015. Yeah, 2015. Uh, uh, number six. Number six is Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso for the uh, uh, Universal Championship and Hell in a Cell 2020. 20, uh, 2000, uh, number seven is uh, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Hell in a Cell uh, 2022. Uh, number eight is John Cena versus Edge versus Randy Orton versus Shawn Michaels 2000. At Backlash 2007, Fatal 4 away for the WWE Championship. Number 9 is Undertaker versus Man. No, no, Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar uh, for the WWE Champion. No, Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker for the WWE Championship. Uh, no Mercy 2003. And number 10 is Undertaker versus Mankind, Hell in a Cell, King of the Ring 1998. That is the top 10 list. <sighs> yeah. Coming up, like I said, is my rating review show of Backlash. Um, payback. Launches. <laughs> payback, uh, which is this uh, next Saturday night. Uh, so Payback is my next one. Um, my next top 10 list, I've been trying to kick it and think about what I'm going to do with the next top 10 list. But I'm going to just do it simple as shit. My top 10 tag teams of all time so that is the next top 10 list for wrestling life like i said Ray review show is coming up next so until then i am brandon new i hope you guys enjoy the rest of y'all night and i'm about to go to sleep so peace season nine is officially here peace <laughs>